Discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God has not changed. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything He is, that is why He told Abraham, He said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave Himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God Himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatin as Christ is magnified in you. Praise the Lord. I've been sharing concerning expressing your faith, isn't it? Yeah. Tell anybody you have to express your faith. Hallelujah. Do you remember what I've been sharing with you? <laughs> the subject of faith is so important. Okay. Can you imagine if a child went to school and was taught M O go B O no F O so J O mo L O ba something like that. Can you just just try and wrap your mind around that a child goes to school and this is what he or she is taught as the foundation. This is that's a serious. I don't know if you ever heard of what happened in Canada some years ago, when teachers were being underpaid. They, I don't know if you know about it. You can go to the net, Google it. Education in Canada, some years ago, I think in the eighties, the the teachers came together and decided that they were going to teach the wrong thing from kindergarten to university, and they did it for a very long time and changed the group of people's life. The doctors were killing people. They're doing all kinds of things. Yeah, so Canada has the highest paid teachers in the whole world because of what they did. Yes, they decided to teach everybody the wrong thing from, from the foundation to the highest level of education. And everything was altered. The whole country became some way until the, the government decided to review their, their pay and change things. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, so if you don't get the foundation well, you will not be able to build as you are supposed to. You will have challenges. So the, the, the basis of faith is very, very, very important. Because if you don't get S-O, so, G-O, go, you'll not be able to form your sentences right. You'll be saying, it's what's coming. Have you ever seen those guys who, who say, call me the Kofi. Call me, call me the, the Adwa. Call me the Florence. What is the meaning of that? How can you say that? What is the meaning of call me there? Then you put it there. Is that the person? That the, you're the only person who is called Adjoa in the world. Do you get it? How can you put a definite article in front of it? A name that is as common as that. Because in, in, in other sentences they write, call me the boy. Call me that boy. I don't know how they think. But that's, that's how some people also do this. All kinds of things. You see. So getting the foundation right is very, very important. It's very, very important. Some time ago, some about a year or two ago, the Lord spoke to me concerning certain things to, to teach. What's to teach? I mean, there's an attempt to teach all kinds of wild things. You see, I was listening to a certain message, and the man of God was preaching. This is a 2001 message. The man of God was preaching concerning Mazaroth and Leviathan and Orion and Pleiades. 
he was talking about it. Then he said, I know about all these things. He said that all these things are things that are close to the word of God, but they are not the word of God. It is not the, that is not the word of God. It is parallel. When we say something is parallel, it means that the thing is very close, but not, it's not that particular thing. Look at real lines, for instance. Real lines. Real. The ones that trains pass. I don't know if you've ever seen a train in your life. How many of you have seen a train in your life before? How many of you have sat in a train before? A moving train, not static train. Because <laughs> I'm expecting the hands to be fewer. Moving train, move from one location to, the, to another. You have to talk to our government. Hallelujah. <laughs> yes, we have to say some things to... I mean, how, how can you not have trains working in a system? It's amazing. If there were trains working in this country, people would live in Tamale and be happy. And come to Accra and work. And go back to Tamale and go and sleep in the night. And everything would be fine because you use about one hour to get to Tamale. And one hour back. Hallelujah. Train rail lines are very close to each other. But they will never come close. They will never be on the same line. They will never match at all. You see. So there are some things that are close to the word of God. But they are not really the word of God. There are some things that are very, very close. Very, very, very close. There are things that people are talking about and teaching. Okay? But that is not what God wants his children to hear. Hallelujah. Let me, let me give you a classical example. Okay? I'm teaching about faith now, but let me just show you something in Jude. Some weeks ago, I mentioned Jude chapter 1. Jude is just one verse. It's one, just one chapter. But I didn't go into it. So I want, to, I want to share some few things along that line with you. Okay? That, Jude mentions what will be happening Jude chapter 1. Let's read from verse 1. Very interesting read, okay? It says, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. He's talking about you and I, isn't it? So he's writing to us. See, he's writing to me. See, I'm called. Or you don't think you are called? Yeah, we are called. We are the called ones of God. This mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Hallelujah. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you. Since I was writing concerning the common, uh, the common salvation that we all have. Okay? The salvation that we all have. Hallelujah. It was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. This is earnestly contend for the faith. In other words, fight and make sure that what you received originally is what you, you work with. Do you understand? Stand for what Jesus brought. Don't allow anybody to corrupt the word of God and ask you questions that you can't answer. Hallelujah. You should be able to contend for the faith. This is where apologetics come from. You see, he says, It was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith that which was once delivered unto the saints. Verse 4. For there are certain men crept in unawares. You see. So he's alerting you concerning what is happening in the body of Christ. What is happening around. He says there are certain men who have crept in unawares. We don't know how they got in, but they are here. Who were before of old ordained to this condemnation. Ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness. They turn the grace of God unto, what? unto lasciviousness. They are the ones who say that you can do whatever you want to do. So as long as there's grace, you can do whatever. Grace does not mean you can do whatever you want to do. Grace means that God is at work in you to help you overcome whatever has been a problem for you. And that's what I've been telling you, isn't it? Lasciviousness means that having license to sin, doing whatever you want to do. 
there's licentiousness and then there's lasciviousness. Isn't it? Let's read that version so that we see what it means. Sometimes lasciviousness, covetousness, and those things, the nestness, we don't understand. It says, for certain men have crept in stiltly. Eh? They've come with stilt mode. Gaining entrance equally by a side door. Their doom was predicted long ago. Ungodly, impious, profane persons who pervert the grace, the spiritual blessing in favor of our God, into lawlessness. You see? Lawlessness. Doing whatever you want to do. Because we are in a time of grace. Did I tell about that man of God who locked, he was, he was doing counseling with some people, a guy and a girl. And then he left them there, went out for about an hour and came back and saw them still sitting down the way he left them. Then he said, ah, why? Didn't you do anything? Then he said, what didn't we do? Then he said, why didn't you sleep with each other? And they said, ah, why? Then he said, ah, you are not guy crowd. This is what you are supposed to be doing. Can you imagine? This happened right here in this country called Ghana. Yes. If someone is listening, it's Ghana. It happened here. Yeah. There, are some, there are some churches to go and preach to outside. Okay, some Ghanaian churches are also learning it. When, after preaching the message, let's say visiting minister, you've come to preach. You have sweated. I mean, bless the people. When you're leaving and you're going to a hotel, they send two ladies to come and come and accompany you for the night. Oh, you've not heard? For the night. For your, to help you throughout the night. Like, for the spiritual energy that has gone out of you. You need to be re- replenished so that tomorrow morning you can come and continue the message. How many of you know of, have heard what I'm talking about before? Yeah, it is true. It's there. Is it? It's there. It's true. There, there are some people who have come to come and tell us that this is what's happening. Hallelujah. Yeah. Serious ministries in America and in some other places. Yeah. But I saw one on TV like this. There was this man of God who finished preaching. When he finished preaching, you know, they were doing this, uh, this uh, reality show. But one of them, after preaching, he was, uh, he was being asked a question on the, on the reality show. Do women worry you? You know, he said, oh, I get a lot of calls. I get a lot of numbers. You know, and he said, oh, I can even prove it to you. After service today, let's see what will happen. So he went to a certain place, preached fire and brimstone. I mean, very powerful message. When he came out, some of the ladies came out of the church and were all over mentioning his name. And then they gave him, some of them put their numbers into his hand. Call me. Call me. About four ladies. They just put the thing into his hand like that. Hallelujah. Yeah. For replenish, a spiritual replenishment. <laughs> nonsense. Is it not nonsense? You say that some people who are converting the grace of God into lawlessness, into lasciviousness, licentiousness. Like we have a license to do whatever we want to do because God will forgive us. You see? But that's not what the Bible said. That is not what grace means. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, where it says that it says, Come boldly unto the throne of grace that you might obtain mercy. Then it says, and find grace. Then it says, to help in time of need. Okay? The Amplified says it very well. Let's look at the Amplified. Let us then fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace, the throne of God's unmerited favor, to us in us. I remember explaining this on Sunday for you. It's not supposed to be like that because we are passed from death to life. So we are no more sinners. Hallelujah. That we may receive mercy for our failures. It says, come and receive mercy for your failure. And find grace to help in good time for every need appropriate help and well-timed help coming just when we need it that's what grace means do you understand so on the verge of doing something wrong father i want to do this wrong thing help me 
you are, you are taking grace. You are finding grace for yourself. Father, I want to do this. I can't do it. Help me. You take grace. To help in your time of need. Not when you have finished doing the foolish thing. Then you ask God, ah, God help me. That's not what grace is for. Grace is to help you do what God has called you to do. Grace is to help you overcome that challenge. If you don't know, the devil does not like you. How many of you don't know that the devil doesn't like you? You don't know it. How many of you know that the devil doesn't like you? Do you know the devil's wish? The devil's wish for you is that you'll be out of the world. You'll be dead, gone. Have a shameful death. You'll be on top of a woman and then you collapse. Your heart will just fail. <gasps> like that. A woman you are not married to. <laughs> and the whole world will come and come and see you. That is what, that's what he wants for you. Hallelujah. And he will put a lot of opportunities around you to do different things that are against the Lord. Okay? But God is in you to help you to overcome. That's why the Bible says that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Greater is God in you than temptation outside in the world. No matter how wild it is, God can help you overcome. And that's what grace is for. Not the other way around. Grace is God's work in you. Or God at work in you. All that God has done in Christ for you. And all that he's still doing in Christ for you. That's what grace means. So grace does not mean we are in a time of grace. Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we shall die. That is why Paul said in Romans chapter 6, he says, shall we then sin because there is abundance of grace? He says, God forbid. Because the Bible says, he himself said that where sin abounds, grace did much more abound. That does not mean that we are doing foolishness. Therefore, the grace of God, the more we do the foolishness, the more the grace of God decreases. That's what it means. You see. What shall we say then? Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? You see, because in the verse before, in, in chapter 5, the last verse of chapter 5, he was talking about some few things. It says, that that sin has reigned unto death, even so my grace reigned through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, just as sin had the dominion, just as people could not help themselves but do wrong, now Christ has come and brought grace. We can function by grace and do the right thing. Then he goes on to say, shall we then sin? Because, eh, so that grace may abound. Then he says, God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? See, I'm dead to sin. I'm alive to God. So there are those who distort it. It's all over. You may not know, but it's, it's all over. Hallelujah. And Jude spoke about them. Jude was a prophet. He spoke a lot of prophetic things. Jude said very wild things. He spoke about the, the end time, the last days. And I want you to see I mean, I want you to see what you are supposed to focus on in the last day. Do you understand? What, what should I do? I mean, it's good when you know what I should be doing with myself in the midst of all these wild times. What should I be doing with myself? Hallelujah. Yeah. In 2 Peter, Peter, Peter wrote about all the things that were going to happen. 2 Peter chapter 2 is similar to Jude chapter, Jude, Jude chapter 1. Very similar. But Peter ends his epistle in, in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. He mentions this, but you grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That is what he said. He says, even though all these things are happening in the world, he says, what you are supposed to do is to grow in grace. Increase in the knowledge of the fact that Christ is at work in you or God is at work in you. And function from there that I can do all things with Christ who strength, in, in, uh, through Christ who strengthens me. Do you understand? Yeah, I can achieve what God wants me to achieve. I, I, can, I, can be where, I can be who God has called me to be. Because God is helping me to do what he has called me to do. 
So it's focused on grace. Then Jude also mentions it in a certain way, in another way. That's what I want you to see. Hallelujah. Just for there are certain men kept in unawares. Okay? He says, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know if you have heard of the group that is also saying that you don't need to receive Jesus Christ as, Lord, as your Lord and personal Savior. They are Christians. They have more than 100,000 people in their church. They say that there's no need to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and personal Savior. All you need to do is to be there. Because Jesus has saved the entire world already. And that you don't need to receive Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. That's half truth, isn't it? Because of a truth, Jesus, legally speaking, Jesus has bought the whole field. Is it true? He saved the whole world, legally. But experientially, it is not like that. One must receive Jesus as his Lord and personal Savior for, to experience that salvation. Salvation hangs on every man. But one must receive Jesus Christ actively in order for Jesus to come into his life. They are refusing the other side. Hallelujah. It's all over the place. And there are some Ghanaians who have, who have gotten involved. They came from Mexico. And there are some young people in Ghana. And it's always, it's always young people. That is why the older men of God get offended at us. They get offended at us. Who are these people? What are they saying? Because young people are saying all kinds of things. It's only young people who are... Which elderly man would you see talking about some of these things? It's only young people who want to... Like, we want to make a certain name. We want to come into the limelight. And be seen. And be known. We want to hit. I want to hit. <laughs> it's only young people. So we have young preachers from universities and all over the place saying inflammatory things, highly things that you cannot even think about. You can't take madness concerning. Yeah, I mean, what are you talking about? Since when? When did this one two started coming? Someone said that. For instance, in Nehemiah, Nehemiah uh, was trying to build, was building the walls of Jerusalem. He obtained favor from the king, was building the walls of Jerusalem. And during the process of the building, he learned that there were some people, the building was not going on because some of the people who were building were owed by some of the big men in the place. And they were pushing them to pay. So they couldn't build God's house. They had to leave that and come and pay, do work, work to pay their own brethren. And the man was offended. He was like, what are you talking about? We are building God's house. What do you mean? Everybody should just forgive everybody for whatever he has, he has done. And let's build the thing. In the process of talking to the noblemen, after he had spoken and placed a curse on whoever does not do what he's saying, he shook his garments before them. Do you get it? And said that that blow was a confirmation to the curse that he had placed. That if I'm shaking my garment, I'm, I'm shaking my garment towards you. Some who have taken it as World Cup. Shaking of garment ministry. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So, someone is, some people are teaching all kinds of things like this is what to do when you are cursing somebody. When you curse somebody, just shake. How can you be teaching how to curse? Is that what he did when he came? No, that's not what he did when he came. Jesus cursed a tree. He did not curse any man. He blessed. Yeah. He said that bless all them that curse you. What happened to that one? That's what Jesus said. He says bless them that curse you. Do good to them that despisefully use you. He says bless and curse not. But today, come and see. Same bomb is empire. That is not Christianity. I'm telling you. Christianity is to display the excellency of God. Christianity is first Peter chapter 2, verse 9. God has called, has chosen us that we should display his glory. 
His perfections. That is what Jesus has called us for. That is what it means to be a born again child of God. To display what God displays. Not cursing. There are those who also say that because uh, Gideon used a torch and uh, a pot, eh, he switched the torch, broke the, the pot and blew a horn. So you must have a pot in your house. You must have a horn in your house. You must have a torch in your house. In order to win in life. So if you want to win, just break the pot, blow the horn, and switch a certain torch. Young people teaching these things. The Bible says that all those things were shadows. The reality has come. Who is the reality? Christ is the reality. I mean, so we shouldn't get ourselves involved in all this nonsense. When someone comes, sometimes when you are sharing the God, someone will tell you, you are not deep enough. You are not deep enough. Don't worry. Be shallow. If they think that is being shallow, when you talk about faith, it's like you are too, you are too, what, what, what is faith? It's too far, it's foundation. What is, what is this? It's for beginners. We have gone deep. The deep things of God. <laughs> what are you talking about? This is the deep things of God. Okay? Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> so don't be, don't get involved in all these nonsense that are going around. It doesn't have any future. And it has recurred over the years. Over the years, it's not. We are not the first group to have that. We are not the first generation to have that. During Kenyon's time, it was there. During Ken Higgins' time, it was there. Ken Higgins said, "All of you, preach, you preach yourselves out. You all die. I'll still be here preaching faith." <laughs> After 2003, he was preaching faith. The last conversion he had, he taught ABCs of faith. <laughs> yeah. Hallelujah. Go and ask Billy Graham. Billy Graham is preaching salvation. Salvation. Give your life to Christ for years. No miracle. Yet he has gotten more than one billion people born again during his lifetime. Who are all those people who are doing expo- exponential expositions? Kabazumi. Exegesis. Exegelekokama something. Hey, ecclesiastic nonsense. Praise the Lord. Yeah, they are denying, they got to the of denying the Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, that's the spirit of Antichrist. In 1 John chapter 4 verse 1. Let's look at it. Hallelujah. Yeah. 1 John chapter 4 verse 1. Beloved, believe not every spirit. You see, so he tells you, because they are there. They are there. Do you understand? They are there. He says, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Many. He didn't say some. Many. The Bible says because of their belly, they will deceive you. Because of what they will eat. They are looking for what they will eat. The car they will buy. The clothes they will wear. That is why they are in the ministry. They are not in the ministry because they care about you. Paul said, I have no man who is like-minded who will naturally care for your states. Demas have departed from me. Having loved this present world. That was what Paul said about Demas. He was there with him. But because he loved the things, he saw Paul drinking series that was sweating. He wanted to drink some, so he decided, I'm going into the world. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. Look at verse 2. He says, by this, hereby you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Hmm? Then, verse 3. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist. Whereof ye have heard that it should come. And even now already is, is it in the world. There are those who don't even talk about Jesus. 
they feel Jesus' words are shallow. Do you know some people feel that Jesus' words are shallow? Jesus was not deep enough. <laughs> you have no idea. They feel that Jesus was not deep enough. Jesus was, was too simple. Blessed are the poor. It's not mystical. What is this? <laughs> Praise the Lord. So Jude, Jude says, don't, don't, they have gone into the world. Don't even, don't even follow them. So don't get into all these things. Eh? People are preaching concerning pets. If your pet dies, your pet can exchange your life. I mean, all kinds of nonsense. All kind of nonsense. How does this promote my growth in the Lord? Hallelujah. Have you studied the word for yourself? Do you know the Bible for yourself? Have you read your Bible? Why should you get involved in some of these nonsense when you've not, you've not read your Bible? You don't know what's inside that Bible. You don't know the simple thing there. It is very simple. Jesus is not complicated. Jesus comes as simple as he, you saw him or you see him in the Gospels. He's very simple. He's not complicated. He preaches with, with stories. Stories that everybody can understand. It's like when you preach and everybody understands, it's not powerful enough. One man preached, after he had preached, some people came to him and said, oh, the message, he said, how was the message? He said it was, it was very powerful, but it was too simple. Yeah, this is Bishop Dag. They are telling Bishop Dag that his message was too simple. I mean, how, how can you say that to somebody like that? His message was too Young people, he, your, your message was too simple. We could understand it. It was too simple. Like, we want something we can't understand. <laughs> yeah, if we can't understand it, it means that it's very powerful. It's very spiritual. It's of God. You are blowing my mind. Like, you are preaching and everybody's there. Wow. It's not the one feeling that does anything. How did that one feeling push you to get someone born? Born again to the Lord. I mean, how, how, did it, how, did it, how did it do that to you? Hallelujah. He says, I will therefore, this is Jude chapter 1 verse 5. I will therefore put you in, in remembrance, though you once knew this. How that the Lord having saved the people after the land of Egypt, he's telling you that these people, hmm? <laughs> he's comparing our salvation to the salvation of the Egyptians, the, the Israelites out of Egypt. Because you know, Israel's coming out of Egypt is symbolical, okay, or as a, th- as a type of our salvation from the world. Do you know that? He hmm. says, You know how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, after destroyed them that believe not. Look hmm. at the next thing. And the angels which kept not their first estate. These are angels. Says they did not keep their first estate. But left their own habitation. He has reserved in everlasting chains and the darkness into the judgment of the great day. What is he saying? He's saying that the fact that you are born again does not mean that you can do whatever you want to do. Oh yeah. Peter emphatically mentions it like this. Pum. Second Peter chapter 2. It's amazing. I, I wish I could read the whole thing to you. Okay. Let me read. Let's read from I wish we could read from verse 12. But it's a long read to verse 22. Okay, let's cut a shot in righteousness, okay? Let's read from verse, from verse 18. He's talking about this same group of people, false prophets, people who have gone out to deceive. He says they were, they were amongst us, but they have now, they are no more amongst us. Okay? So some of these people are people who you may have known knew the Lord or were really in the Lord. Very powerful guys. 
All of a sudden, he started talking about unnecessary things. This is what I'm talking about. He started talking about all kinds of things. When they meet you, the first question he asks you, do you know? Do you know this? Do you know that? Do you know this? Do you know that? Hey, it's like they are deep. They are very deep. They've gone beyond the, the message. <laughs> the message of faith. The message of love. It's like you are too weak. Love is too weak. It says, for when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they are lured to the last of the flesh through such... Let's, let's read the message. You, you, you may not understand it. Message will... NIV. NIV. Let's read NIV. They promise them freedom while they themselves are slaves. From verse 18, please. Mouth empty, boastful words, and by appealing to the last desires of sinful human nature, they entice people who are just escaping from those who live in error. They promise them freedom while they themselves are slaves of depravity. For a man is a slave to whatever has mastered him. If they have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing... Listen, this is what I really want you to see. It says, if they have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and are again entangled in it, in it and overcome, they are worse off at the end than they were at the beginning. Did you, do you understand what he's saying? Or you don't understand? He's saying that if they, they, they escaped the world, they left the world through the salvation that comes through Jesus Christ. And they go back again and are overcome by the world. Or they entangle themselves with the world and start functioning the way the world functions. They are worse off than they were before they became born again. Do you understand? Look at the next thing. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness. So these are people who knew the way of righteousness. And that's what I want you to understand. They know. They know who Jesus is. They were once born again. Or they are born again. But because of the things that they are saying, and the things that they are getting themselves involved in, they are checking out of the born again experience. Paul mentions it. Peter mentions it. Jude mentions it. All these people mention the same thing. Paul mentions in Hebrews. He says that if someone comes to know the Lord, eh? And then counts his blood. He says he knows the Lord, has come to the full knowledge of, of the truth, and then counts his blood of none effect. He says there's no, there's no way of escape for him. Paul mentions, and these, Peter also mentions it. He says it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it, and then to turn their backs on the sacred command that was passed on to them. Verse 22. Of them the proverbs are true. A dog returns to his vomit, and a soul that is, or a pig that is washed, goes back to his wallowing in the mud. So, it's, it's very interesting. It's very serious. Paul mentions a great falling away hmm, before the coming of our Lord. Hallelujah. Go back to Jude, what we're reading. I want to show you all these, so all these things are happening. You may hear it. I'm telling you because I know you will hear it from somewhere. Or you will see some come and sit by you. And start talking to you. And start saying things. Or your sheep. You hear your sheep come to tell you that some people came to sit by me. And we're talking about all kinds of things. About how I should blow a trumpet for victory. And command some four horsemen to do something for me. Or something. Is it true? What should I do? I've not, you may not know about the horsemen. Four horsemen. You may not know about, about trumpets. Tell them, let's pray in the thing, tanks. That's all. I'm going to show you. It's here. I'm not exaggerating. It's here. What I just said is actually what I'm supposed to tell them. Verse 6. Go, go to verse 6. Jude 1, 6. 
and the angels which kept not their first estate, but left, see, these guys did not keep their first estate, but left their habitation. Those guys are reserved in everlasting chains and the darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Apart from Satan, who, who was called Lucifer, who was an angel who fell. There are other, there are, there are more wicked angels than Lucifer. There are more four wicked, they are wicked, 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 something. They are weak, more wicked than Lucifer. They are there. Some of them are kept in chains. Okay? Look at the next thing. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah, so he's talking about Sodom and Gomorrah now, he spoke about uh, uh, Egypt, Israel coming out of Egypt, and what happened to those who did not believe, even though they came out of Egypt. God buried all of them in the desert because they did not believe. They went astray. Even though they all escaped Egypt, they could not get to the place where God wanted them to get to. Then he says, there were angels who were with God, but they left their first estates. God has kept them in everlasting chains, waiting for that great day. Why do you think it would be different from, for Christians? Who decide to leave the, the gospel, decide to leave the command, the mandate that Jesus has given. What did Jesus say? Go out into the world. Preach the gospel. Save the world. You are sitting at one place and you are teaching nonsense. Only nonsense. Hallelujah. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh and set forth an, an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. <laughs> Likewise also, these filthy dreamers defile the flesh. They despise dominion and speak evil of dignities. Hmm? Hmm. It's amazing if you should see some of these people talking about some of the men of God who have gone ahead of us. It's like they didn't have any revelation. Hey! Are you okay at all? When did you come? Who are thou? <laughs> Likewise, also these two dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion. You are able to talk about Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams. Are you crazy? Someone said that the way the poem is not deep enough. Why through excellence? What has your faith done? How can you say the person is not deep? What are you talking about? I had one young man call me. You know who I'm talking about? He called me. I don't understand why. Shut that your labush. It's a bush. Shut it. What are you talking about? The fact that you have seen some things in the world does not mean that this is poor. What do you mean? Someone said, oh, the poor was just giving faith. He was just giving faith. I've been giving some. Okay, continue. Eh? Can you do what he has done? How many of you have gone to Ota? Eh? You've gone there before. You see the building? You've gone there before. You see the buildings. It's, you, it's, you cannot think far about it. How, how can these things happen? Hey! And then you are able to. They speak evil of dignities. Eh? Speak, they despise dominion, authorities. Then he goes on. He says, even, even Michael, when he was disputing about the, the body of, of, of Moses, he says, yet Michael, the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses. Okay, you know Moses was taken by Michael to heaven. You know that, right? Hallelujah. So, when Jesus was in the Mount of Transfiguration, when he transfigured before his, his, his disciples, three of his disciples, it was Elijah and Moses who came to talk to him. Because Elijah and Moses did not go to that land of the dead. Because the devil had authority over everyone who died here on earth. Because Adam had given him that authority. Adam had handed over the key of death and hell to him. You get it? Huh. So, Lucifer or Satan had a right to Moses' body when he checked out of this world. Okay? And Michael was sent to come and come and take that body. Give him his body and bring him to, you know, there's resurrected body. And the resurrected body is a derivative, a derivative of this body. 
the body Jesus was walking here on earth with is the same body he has now, but glorified. One day it is the same body that will be glorified. It will look different. But you need this material for that glorified body to come. Do you understand? That's why Jesus will come into the heavens. He will come into the air. And those of us who are with him, before, before he comes, come and take those who are here. Jesus' Jesus' second advent or his second coming is twofold. There's the the one that he will come for his own and the one that he will come with his own. Okay? The first one is called the rapture. He will come into the sky. And when he comes to the sky, those who are here on earth and are not dead receive a resurrected body. But the Bible says that they, they will not prevent those who are here on earth and alive will not prevent those who are dead. Those who are dead, okay, will receive their bodies before those who are here will change and then join them in the air. And then we'll go back and we'll go and celebrate with the Lord. Have the marriage supper of the Lamb, the marriage of the Lamb, the marriage supper of the Lamb. Then we'll come with Him back here on earth. That one, when He comes, we come and step here on earth and sit here for 1,000 years and rule and reign as a king for 1,000 years with those that He has saved. Those who gave their lives to Him, like you and I. Hallelujah. So he says that, so all those who died before Jesus came went to a place called the land of the dead. And the land of the dead is what was also called, it was also called, it's also called Hades. Hades has compartments, different compartments, four different compartments. There's a place called hell. There's another place called Abraham's bosom. There's another place called Abusus. Then there's another place called Tartarus. Four different places. Tartarus is where wicked angels, these four wicked, these angels that are kept in chains. If you look at the word there, the word hell there, okay? He, in, in 2 Peter chapter 2, he mentions them. He talks about them being reserved in hell. The word hell is Tartarus. It's not the same as the, the other one for hell that we have. Or Hades. Do you understand? So it says, Michael, when Michael came to contend with the devil as he disputed about the, the body of Moses, he says he did not bring against eh, the devil a really accusation that, but said, the Lord rebuked thee. Because Michael knew his place. Between Michael and Lucifer, Lucifer was higher than Michael. Okay? Lucifer, Lucifer was higher than Michael. Hallelujah. So when Michael came, and Lucifer or Satan had authority over the body. So when he came and he was disputing over the body of Moses with him, he didn't say that uh, with my authority I rebuke you something, something. No. For instance, there are those who try to bind the devil. You don't have any rights binding the devil. You don't even have any right to even teach it. Do you know who the devil is? Why are you making his post small like that? <laughs> it's wrong prayer. There's a way to there's a way to go about it. Do you understand? There's a way to go about it. Praise the Lord. <laughs> there's a way to go about it. Maybe that's another day. But you don't just talk anyhow. Okay? There's a day when you'll be bound. There's a day when you'll be bound. Romans, uh, Revelation chapter 9, chapter 20, verse 1 and verse 2. Let's look at it. That's the day. There's a day coming when you'll be bound. Okay? We can bind his activities in our lives and lose his activities in our lives. Not him. We can refer to his activities as devil. You get it? But you should not be thinking about the guy himself. And I saw an angel come down from heaven. Revelation chapter 20 verse 1. Having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in the sand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. Have you seen it? 
This is going to happen. It's not, it's not happening yet. It's going to happen someday. To come. And there's an angel in charge of binding him. Hallelujah. <laughs> Are you shocked? So when Michael came, Michael did not even, he knew how to address the thing. He said, the Lord rebuke you. The Lord rebuke you. He knew who had authority over this guy. The Lord rebuke you. You can't talk to the devil anyhow. You must talk to him in the name of Jesus. There's an authority we have. You don't just talk. Do you understand? Okay, let's go on. Some other time we'll talk about it. It's like you're afraid of the devil, right? Like, hey. It's under our feet. Hallelujah. Say, it's under my feet. So keep him there, right? Yeah. But these speak evil of those things which they know not. But what they know naturally as brute beasts, in those things they corrupt themselves. Go on to them. For they have gone in the way of Cain. Do you know the way of Cain? What did Cain do? Cain killed his brother. Isn't it? Okay. He says, these people have gone the way of Cain. What is the way of Cain? The way of Cain is to look at what your brother, the right thing that your brother is doing. And go against him because of the right thing that he's doing. Or the right thing that he has done. Do you understand? So you have those in the body of Christ who don't, they don't like other believers who are doing well. You get it? I think I'm making sense. Uh-huh. It's called the way of king. And they do things that will destroy the other. Sometimes you have churches fighting against churches. They are fighting, saying things. And these people are not right. How can you say these people are not right? It's like saying your nose is not in the right place. It doesn't make sense. Hallelujah. Then it says, and they have run greedily after the hour of Balaam for reward. What did Balaam do? Balaam tried to curse the people of God because of money. He decided to say things unto the people of God because of money. Even though he was a prophet, prophet of God, he said things. And apart from he trying to do it and God preventing him from doing it, he gave the enemy a plan. He tried four different occasions to curse Israel and could not curse Israel. And he told Balak that I cannot curse Israel. Behold, it is blessing that is coming out. So, before he left, do you know what he did? He told Balak that, listen, let your women get close to the children of Israel. And let them sleep with them. When they start sleeping with your, your, your females, everything will be corrupted. God himself will be angry with them. So he, Balaam taught the enemies of God, or God, the enemies of God's children, how to deceive and how to get, to seduce them. He taught them seduction and how to destroy the camp of God. God got so angry, more than 33,000 people died. You should read it. It's in Numbers. Numbers chapter 22, 23, 24. Okay? That's the, that's the error of Balaam. And he did it for money, for reward. Hallelujah. Then he says, and they are perished in the gain sayings of Korah. Who is Korah? Korah is the guy who spoke against God's authority. Korah is the one who said that, is it Moses and Aaron only that God has spoken to or spoken to? Which God has spoken to us? Which will burn incense before the Lord? And they came. Moses called them that if you come and we'll set it the matter. They said, we'll not come. Who are you? We'll not come. They had forgotten that Moses was the one who brought them out of Egypt. Took them to the Red Sea. Brought them, gave them manna, brought them water. Did all those things. They started talking, just like we have these days. Eh? Some will be standing somewhere talking against people. Look at their heads. These preachers, they say they are what? Hey! People call, say, Otabel is no Otabelas, Mrs. Calling. How can he say that? Otabelas, Mrs. Calling, when he was called, he was prophetic. Now he's teaching. Are you crazy? Were you there when he was called there? Were you there when he was called? Ah, how can you talk about such people? These are the people who are holding the country where it is. We're able to talk against Pastor Chris. Hey, these people are principalities. So they've gone beyond Nigeria. 
They've gone beyond the Keja. They are everywhere. Oh, you don't understand. If it says there, it will be everywhere. How can you stand somewhere in your corner and talk against such a person that he does not have revelation? Someone's able to say that Pastor Chris's revelation is, has, is finished. It got finished in 2007. When he preached three kinds of knowledge and three kinds of wisdom. Can you imagine? And after that time, he's not preached any other revelation that is big. He's gone back and he's preaching the things that he was preaching in 2099 and those things. The against saints of Korah. Do you know what happened to Korah? Korah went into hell uh, alive with all of his family and everybody that followed him. But they, they had all come out of Egypt together. So these are things that are happening in the last day. You have to be very careful. Don't engage in all those things. Some people are talking against Opam, but keep quiet. You don't know who he is. You don't know where his calling is coming from. You have no idea. People are talking against Obinim. If you don't like him, watch Animal Channel. Just watch Discovery. Something. Watch the animals jumping. Cartoon Network. Something. But don't go there and look at what he's doing. Leave him alone. If he's not of God, that day God will judge him. Okay? Or even before that day, his judgment will come. But it's none of your business. You understand? Just preach the gospel. And do your part. Keep yourself in the love of God. He will, he will tell you. He says, warn to them, for they have gone in the way of Cain. And run goodly after the hour of Balaam for a word. And perish in the gain saying of Korah. These are spots in your feast of charity. Your, your feast of love. It means that they are born again. They are with us. They are in the body of Christ with us. It says they, they are spots. And these are the spots that Jesus will take off before he comes for his church. The Bible says that in, in, in Ephesians 5, right? From verse 24, 25. It says, the husbands love your wives. Even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. That he might cleanse it by the washing of water by the word. So that he might present it to himself. A glorious church. Not having spots or wrinkle. So he says these people are spots in your feast. He will take them out. Do you understand? So leave it for the Lord. Okay? Have you read the place where he says that Jesus, Jesus mentioned in Matthew chapter 13. Jesus was talking about a certain parable. He said that a, a good man sowed a, a drain. Good drain in, his, in, in the field. Uh, he sowed wheat in his field. And whilst men slept, his enemy came and came to sow tares amongst the wheat. Then in the morning when they woke up, his servants realized that tares had been sown in the, in the, amongst the wheat. And they wanted to root out the tares. But the Lord said, no, leave them to grow together. Let them grow together. Because if you try to take them out, you might root out the, the wheat as well. They look so much, the wheat and the tares look so much alike. They look so much alike. But the wheat grows up looking to the, to the, to the sun. The tears grow up bending away from the sun. That's the only way to tell the difference. The Bible says, at the end of the age, he sent his servants to reap. The reapers to reap the tears first of all and burn them, put them in fire. But the grain, the wheat, he took them and put them in his barn. So at the last day, he's going to do that. If you read what he meant, he said that the good seed, the wheat are the children of the kingdom, you and I. The bad seeds or the tears are the children of the devil. And they are all together. We are all together growing up. Isn't it amazing? Hallelujah. They look so much alike. If you try to root them out initially, you might destroy everybody. Hallelujah. These are spots in your feast of charity, your feast of love. When they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear, class they are without water, carried about of winds, trees whose fruits withereth, without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. All these things have meanings, but 
Let's go on. It's raging waves of the sea, foaming at their own shame, wandering stars. I remember Apostle came to preach this here. Wandering stars. What it means? Wandering stars. Uh, they are not acceptable by, before God. And the devil also doesn't like them. To whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. And Enoch, also the servant from Adam, prophesied of thee, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his sins. This is the day when we shall come with the Lord. Hallelujah. To execute judgment upon all, and to convince all that are ungodly, among them of all ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed, and of all their hard speeches which ungodliness have spoken against them. Continue. These are memories, complainers, walking after their own lusts, and their mouth speaking grace swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. But beloved, remember you the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. How that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should, who, who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the spirit. It says they do not have the spirit. Then verse 20 says, but you, beloved. You see, it says, but you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. I don't know if you got what I'm trying to say. This is a point I wanted to make. This is my, my punchline. I don't know if you got the punchline. <laughs> this but you. All these things are happening in the world. These guys have gone astray. They are doing whatever they want to do. But you, beloved. You. Beloved in the Lord. This build up yourselves. Let you be amplified of this verse. But you, beloved, build yourselves up. Founded on your most holy faith. Make progress. Rise like an edifice, higher and higher. How? Praying in the Holy Ghost. Says, rise higher and higher, praying in the Holy Ghost. What does it mean to pray in the Holy Ghost? Mondi afashkosti falai kalai kalai. As simple as it is, it says, with all that is happening, just pray in tanks. So when we when we say we are going to teach about tongue speaking and the benefits of tongue speaking, it's like it's not deep enough. When we say we want to talk about, we are going to talk about grace. And God's work in you. They will say it is not deep enough. What should we talk about? You should be talking about Leviathan. And Bohemus. And Lucifer. How Lucifer operates. Ah. What are you talking about? You should talk about the types of demons. And how to notice, notice each of them. When, the, when you are casting a, de- a devil in dances. It means that it's a, it's a deaf and dumb spirit. When it does this. It means that it is a seductive, a seductive spirit. What are you talking about? It's like that is what people want to hear. But when you, when you talk about speaking in tongues, it's like it's not powerful enough. That is it. That is the secret. It's bad ye, beloved. After seeing all this that is happening, bad ye, beloved. Make progress in life. Make progress in life. Eh? Build yourself up. Rise like an edifice higher and higher. Praying in the Holy Spirit. What does it do for you? Look at the next thing. Says, body beloved, building your, up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves. You see, there's a comma. He says, keep yourselves. By doing this, you keep yourselves in the love of God. You keep yourself in the love of God. And you, it helps you to look for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. That's what it does for you. So it's not, it's not, it's not foundation. It is everything. It is everything. You understand? It is everything. So speak in tongues like you are mad. It's, it's, it's good. It's important. It's important. Don't despise it. Don't say that it's not powerful enough. It is very powerful. 
Don't try to get yourself involved in all kinds. And I, uh, the church is not deep enough. It's not go. We are not deep. We like it. Do you like my message? Yeah. Even if you don't like it, I'm preaching it anyway. And I, I like it. <laughs> yeah. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Keep yourself in the love of God. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Build yourself up. It keeps you in the love of God. It helps you. Hmm? Look for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And it empowers you to preach the gospel. Look at the next verse. Look at verse 22. And refute so as to convict some who dispute with you. And on some have mercy, who waver and doubt. You see. (laughs) Continue. Strive to save others. Snatching them out of the fire. On others, take pity, but with fear. Loathing even the garments spotted by the flesh and polluted by their sensuality. Because speaking in tongues empowers you to do what God has called you to do. So it's not foundational. Okay? Tell your neighbor it's not foundational. Tell your neighbor it's the, the power of God. It always looks like foolishness. Tell your neighbor it always looks like foolishness. Yeah, the power of God always, always looks like foolishness. It's like it's not powerful enough. What is all this? What is all this? And, you see, all of the, all the things that God has done for us in Christ, all the things, all the instructions of God can be done by faith. It's only faith. That's why it says without faith it's impossible to please God. Every single thing is by faith. Faith is, I've not seen it, I don't feel it, but I believe it anyway. And now I act like it because it is true. I believe it is true. That's what faith is. Okay? Jesus said in Matthew chapter 18, from verse 1, he called a child, put, them, put the child in front of him. You know, because they were, they were arguing concerning who should be the greatest in the kingdom. The disciples were talking about it because they wanted posts. You see, who will be the greatest in the kingdom? Jesus brought a small boy and said that, look at, look at it. And Jesus called a little child. Go back, go to verse 2. And Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them. Verse 3. And said, Really, really, I say unto you, Except you be converted. You need conversion. Eh? Except you be converted. What is the meaning of converted? You need a change of mind. Other versions say, except you repent. Except you be converted. Eh? Amplified. Truly I say unto you, unless you repent, change, turn about and become like little children. Like little children. Trusting. Little children are trusting. They are trusting. When you say, I'll buy you an aeroplane, it is finished. Daddy will buy me an aeroplane. Maybe daddy doesn't even have car tie money. But so far as he has said that daddy, daddy says he'll buy me an aeroplane, he will do it. He'll buy me the aeroplane. They are trusting. They believe. You don't need to struggle with them. That, that is how he says, and, and become little children, trusting, lowly, loving, forgiving. You can never enter into the kingdom of heaven. At all. You can't. The kingdom of heaven cannot be entered. You cannot enter without having that childlike faith. Without having that little, it's like, whatever they tell you, you are trusting, you follow. Do you understand? Or you don't understand? Having that childlike faith. That childlike, without, without, and what brings you to the kingdom is faith. The grace of God is available. You must believe in the grace of God and come in. Then you get born again. And when you get born again, you continue in that same light. That same simple, believing, trusting faith. God says, I'm healthy. I believe it. Even though I don't feel it, I believe it. I trust what God has said. I'll be like a child, like a fool, like a stupid person. 
I'll believe it anyway. And I'll work like that anyway. Because God has said it. As simple as ABCD. He says they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I don't feel like laying hands on the, the guy. The sickness looks bigger than I've ever thought about. But he says we should lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I believe his word. I trust it. I'll lay hands on the sick. They shall recover in Jesus' name. And watch it happen. You'll be shocked. He says he became poor so that I through his poverty might become rich. Why don't I believe it? I believe it. I trust it. I believe it. I trust it. And I'll declare for myself that I have all things. I'm prosperous. I cannot be poor. Sickness cannot dwell in my body. I refuse to let cancer dwell in my body. As simple as that. You know, believing like a child. Like a child. Maybe the thing is that cancer is hanging in your body and you can see it, you can feel it. But you say to yourself, I believe what God has said. I believe what God has said. The child is sitting in debt, but the father says that you buy him an airplane. Yet he does not consider the, the house, the environment in which he is dwelling or living. He just believes that my daddy has said it. And that settles it. I have the airplane. And he starts declaring it to everybody. Possible to be a mommy. When he sees an airplane passing by, airplane, bye-bye. Do you ever do that? Do that? Airplane, bye-bye. When they buy you, you also take it and you start moving like this. Like it's flying. I don't know if, if you remember when we were kids, we would be driving our own cars. You know? And we drive it the way that they would drive the car. We know that we have to change gear. So we'll change the gear. Yeah, and we are happy. Everything is fine. Be like that. Do you understand? That's what faith is. Faith is not considering. Sometimes it's like we are too old. We are too old for God. When God gives us a promise, like <laughs> you don't know what you are talking about. You, don't, you are too smart for God. God says, I'll take care of you. Are you sure? <laughs> With this current economy, what are you talking about? You are too matured in your mind. Be like a child. Stop. Refuse all these things that are going on around. Pay attention to this, this foundation. Says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith. Without knowing, you know, following God. Eh? Without, without childlike faith. I believe what God has said. I believe it. I trust it. I don't care what anybody is saying. I don't care what my environment is saying. I believe what God has said. Jesus is taking care of me. I like it. No matter how worse it gets, I like what he has said. And I'm following what he has said. That's faith. And that is what to pay attention to now in your life. Develop your faith. You can develop your faith. You must realize that your faith is, is you don't trust God enough. How many of you realize it's like you don't trust God enough? You have, you have, you have suspicions concerning God. When God goes, hey, hey, master. You realize you are too mature for God. The way to become fine, the way to to be trusting more and more, is to study the word of God more. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You hear the word of God more for yourself. The more you hear it, eh, the more trusting you become. The more you are able to trust God, the more it's like you believe Him. Even though things are not going well around you, you still confess and say things eh, along those lines. I believe what God has said. I don't care what anybody's saying. 
I, I, I like what God has said. I believe it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. My life is not useless. Everything around you may be saying that your life is useless. Sometimes your closest siblings are the ones who make you feel like you are a fool. Yeah, yeah, they let you think that like you are not correct. Nothing can happen for you. I believe God. They make it look like seeking God is, is foolishness. Do you know the secret to prosperity? How many of you want to know the secret to prosperity? Real prosperity. Dollar millionaire prosperity. Lift your hand and let me see. Dollar millionaire. Dollar millionaire. Dollar millionaire, right? Yeah. Matthew chapter 6 verse 33. You know Matthew 6 33. Uh, see the way I say it. Seek ye first what? It is not foolish. It is God who said it. This one is Jesus who said it himself. Maybe you say that Paul wrote it so it's not from God. Some people are also saying that Paul, Paul's writings are not from God. Because <laughs> it's not in red. <laughs> Let's read from verse 30. You, you understand even more. From verse 30. Matthew 6, 30. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? That is the base life. Hmm? Sometimes when we see these things, it's like, we are too smart. Are you saying that I should not be thinking about what I'll eat? I'm not, it's, I, I see, I don't own a printing press. I'm so glad for now that I don't own one. I don't, I don't own it. And it works. It works. Because of what some people eat, they don't even think about giving to anybody or giving to God. We talk about giving. As soon as we talk about giving, they think about their credit, their food, they are this, they are that, they are that. They do their calculation <laughs> at once in a, in a split second. <laughs> mean to me, man. I can't give. No, 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 no. If I because if I give five hundred Ghana cities, that's what it means. Five hundred means that no food for three days or four days, no credit for my girlfriend will leave me. Light bill, water bill, this bill, every bill will come into your mind. I prevent you from giving because you are thinking, you are thinking from the base. Eh? This one, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what, what, what shall we be clothing? What shall I be wearing? I came to Kumasi with one bag. Some people think I'm, 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 I'm not a Kumasi, no guy. Hallelujah. I'm from Accra. I came to Kumasi with one bag. Come to my house and come and see how many bags are there. I kept with one bag like this. And the bag is there. I will hang it in my office some years to come and show you the bag that came to Kumasi. Yeah. I came to Kumasi just like me. Just one like this in a VIP bus. I, why did I come? I came because of God. I came because God said I should come here and come and start something. And I came. Not knowing where I would even sleep. As I was in the bus, I didn't know where I was going to sleep. Can you imagine? When we got to Konongo, then a friend's thought came into my mind. Call this guy. I called him. Charlie, I can't bed your house. So I ended up sleeping there for five years. <laughs> I just called him. Charlie, I'm coming to sleep. I'm coming to your place. Oh. Should I come? He said, oh, come, 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 come over. When I went, he, he thought I was coming to sleep for one night. I ended up sleeping there for five years. Yeah, five solid years. 
Yeah. Ask my wife. <laughs> yeah. Five years. And I became their son. I, I'm, 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 I'm the woman's son. I'm her second, second born. Yeah, everything I'm part. Because I was correct. I was a correct son for her. Yeah, she called my mother and said that this boy, I've taken him from you. He's no more your son, he's my son. My mother was like, ah, who is this? Who is, who is this woman who is talking like this? Yeah. Hallelujah. You, you, you see, faith, just acting based on what God is saying to do. God is given, it shall be given unto you. Good measure, prayers and shaking together. Running over, shall I cause men to add unto you? Why is it that it's so difficult for you to trust? It's like it's so difficult for you to trust that one. When I give this song, what will I? Ah. Ah. <laughs> what shall I? What shall I? No, 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 no. What shall I say? It will happen. I believe. I trust it. I like it. I know that when I do it, it will come. Yeah. He says, for after these, all these things do the Gentiles seek. Everybody is looking for what you will eat, what you will drink, what, where you will sleep, and what you will wear. Everybody. All the Gentiles, all those who are not born again are looking for these things. All of them are looking for all these things. Why do people want bigger jobs? They want bigger jobs because they want... Listen, it's just, you are the one who is thinking a bigger job will give you an ability to give God more. And that's why you must get a bigger job. Do you understand? Because you are, you are correct. You know what you are supposed to do. Paul showed us the reason why we work. In Acts chapter 20, hmm, verse 30, 33, Acts 20, 33. Paul said, I have converted no man silver or, or gold or apparel. Yea, ye yourselves know that these hands, these my hands, have ministered unto my necessities and to them that are with me. I have showed you all things. How that so laboring. Ye ought to support the weak. And to remember the words of Jesus the Lord Jesus, how he said, it's a small blessing to give than to receive. This is the reason why it works. It's so laboring you might, you might have to, to support the weak. In Ephesians chapter 4, he mentions a, a similar thing. He said, so that you might help others. That's the reason why we work. So you must get a bigger job. But there are those who don't think in these things. They don't think at long. When we talk about bigger job, what they want is that it means that their car is going to change. They are moving from Toyota Corolla to Range Rover. Evoke. Evoke, no? You know Range Rover Evoke? Yeah. One gallon is equal to one broom. <laughs> one broom like this. One gallon is gone. Yeah, but it's like, I've gotten to that level where I'm supposed to drive a Range Rover. Hey! That's why Team Solo Demo. I'm not saying Range Rover is bad. If you buy the Range Rover for the right reason, you'll be fine. Okay? Yeah. But if it's just, I want to enrich myself. Initially, we were wearing Bend Down Boutique. Small promotion came. Now you enter store. Then you start talking. So, how much is this one? <laughs> I like it. Add it to my taste. How much is How about this one? You, you, may, never, you may never even wear it, but <laughs> I like it. You have become like a child, a baby. You have everything you like. Initially, we were buying fun chocolate outside. Now you want to buy KFC ice cream. You buy crashes. Eh? Crasher. <sighs> Banana crasher. It's nice, so. It's nice, Papa. Yeah, I've been buying some, so I know. <laughs> I'm not saying buying crashes is not good. That's what I've not said. Did I say that? No, it's like because promotion came now, 
Oh, I had a friend. This is, nine, this is 2000 and, uh, 2005. After 2005, he was paid close to 100 million CDs. That was then. 100 million. He got an international company he was working with. In dollars. Those times, dollar, one is to one, one is to two, there about. You know what? Uh, it was, well, was 19,000. One dollar was equal to 19,000. That was one CD, 90 pesos. Yeah. And he was being paid a lot, close to 100 million. We, I was, we were all working in the same area. He was my senior, like four years my senior, but he was my friend. When he finished university, he got very powerful job, very powerful whatever. Can you imagine that he could spend 100 million in a month? He could spend it in a month and he didn't understand. He didn't understand himself. Yeah, he could spend it in a month, one month, a better. Yeah, he would buy shoes. The shoe is another level, another class, designer shoe. Buys a certain kind of, a, a certain kind of suit. Certain kind of belt. The belt, he has brown, brown, brownish black. He has black, blue black. Hey! Yeah, all kinds of things. Then you gather, you gather money. Eh? They were flying all over the world. So, you gather money. When it gets to this country, you buy things. When it gets to this country, you buy things. Hey! I, I was wondering whether I was come to sell those things. He was come to sell. He was come to use them. This, after all these things do men seek. The Gentiles are seeking after, but it is by you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. It is, listen, it takes great faith to be able to walk after these things. Do you understand? When you decide that I'm going to make sure my, my life is about the kingdom of God and nothing else. That is real prosperity. Says, eh? Uh, Matthew 6, 20, uh, 33. Let's read 20, 32. For after all these things with the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of such things. He knows that you have need of all these things. Then he says, but seek ye first. But. But means that don't do this one, do this one. Jesus is not foolish, oh. You know he's not foolish. I think that's over in the gold are his, isn't it? He says that I cast on a thousand hills are mine. Everything he says. The one who owns everything says that do this. Do this. See, I have faith. I'll do what God wants me to do. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Let the word, the kingdom of God be the first thing on your heart. The first and the last thing on your heart. Let, he says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things, all these things that people are looking for, all of them will be added to you. <laughs> Sometimes it's like it's a joke. It is not a joke. It is true. It is true. Okay? Yeah. That is how I'm going forward. Listen, you have not seen, I'm going to get bigger and larger and greater. Say it for yourself. Don't say Jesus' name for me. Say it for yourself. I'm going to get bigger and greater and larger. Yeah. See, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Because I do it God's way. Say some more. Don't keep quiet. If you ask me to say it, you're expressing your faith. Don't give you keep quiet. Faith is not expressed. The more you keep quiet, let me say, I'm blessed. Everything in. You have lost an opportunity to put your faith to work. You understand? Say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Yeah. My life will make a difference. Listen, God wants, do you know the reason why I'm sharing these things? Because God has planned. This is what God has told me, I'm telling you. God has planned to hand over the riches of this world to your hand, you. So that you use it for the right thing. Do you understand? That's why he's telling me to talk to you like this. God spoke to me clearly as you talk about faith. And that's why I'm talking about faith. I was not supposed to, I, was, I didn't have it in my mind. I was going to share concerning how to work and all those things. God told me that, don't talk about it now. Talk about this one. So that my children can, can use their faith to access the things that I've, I've committed to their hands. 
Don't look out to anybody. Look out to God. Put your faith to work. God, I'm committed to your house. Committed to your work. I believe in you. Every single thing I touch is blessed. And you are saying this to yourself in your room. You wake up in the morning, you are saying it. You have to be serious about some things. Don't, don't allow life to just pass you by. Be serious about some things. Listen, my life is for the glory of God. Yeah, I will not, I will not be doing hand to mouth. I will have more than enough to be a blessing. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Maybe there's nobody close to you who can bless you. There's a white man waiting for you. Actually, the more you speak, the closer he gets to you. There's a certain man, somebody. God uses that. God does that. Just give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Press down. Shake it together. Shall I cause men? He causes men to give unto you. Do you understand? Yeah, he causes a man through a business contract. Something. All of a sudden, a lot of things change. All of a, all of a sudden, things just turn around. And you don't have to be 75 before you, wear, you get some kinds of money. You don't have to be 75 before you can have $100 million on you. No! No! There are 75-year-olds who don't know what they will do, they will do with $100 million. They don't know. Do you understand? They don't know what will happen when they get $100 million. They don't know what they will do with it. So they are not worthy of it. They, they, they can't have it. Their hands have not been designed and their brain has not been designed for it. Because they've not developed themselves for it. Hallelujah. But you know what to do. You know that you have to seek the kingdom of God. So when money comes to your hand, you know what to do with it. You will know. Do you understand? You know. If I should be blessed with a million dollars today. Oh, I remember when we were coming from a car, we were discussing some amount of money. If one million pounds should land into my hands like you were there, one million pounds should land into my hands like this. I'm not thinking about my car or a house. No! Do you know the number of churches I'll put in the world? You have no idea. <laughs> I'll put churches in every hole. In this end. Uh, they will see. Yeah. Every corner. And I'll do some kind of investment for it to bet some money for me so the money can grow more and more and more and more and more. I'm not thinking of, about a certain car. No, 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 no. What is car? Car, though, it will bash. This morning I saw someone's car. Very nice car. They have bashed it by like that. Money. It's money. It's money. Get one and be happy with it. Get a Toyota Corolla. Something. You are inside. You are, you are driving. Who? The petrol will never finish. It's just going like this. <laughs> start life. Eh? You are, start life somewhere. I'm not saying buying a Highlander or whatever is wrong. But start somewhere. Start somewhere. Be wise. Eh? Someone, was, someone was given a, a, a Jaguar. From, from where? From UK, right? I don't know if you remember that message. A Jaguar from UK. His son bought a Jaguar for... The guy actually bought a Jaguar on loan. Brought it to Africa for the father to use. Because the father, he says the father was looking after him. So he bought the car for him. The father was driving. He, couldn't, he didn't have money to buy parts. As he's driving, this one will have problem. He can't buy. The as he's driving, this one will have problem. He can't buy. The Jaguar is sitting on blocks. It was one in town car. It also has one in town problems. Nobody can solve the problem. You can't buy fuel. Because when you step on the... You are even afraid when you are driving. When you are driving, you are just looking at the <laughs> gauge. Like, <laughs> four gauge like this. Don't worry yourself. Anybody who... You, it means that you don't have a prosperity mindset. Your, you don't, your mind is not far. Like, it's not far at all. Say, I'm rich. I'm rich. I'm rich. Rise up on your feet and just thank God for what they have shared with you. Just. God bless you for listening. 
keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world. For prayer and counseling, call 024-563-8314 or send an email to info at ChristWorldInc.com. God bless you.